You are listening to Star Wars, The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirachi, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find out full of surprises. It's not over yet. No. There is another. Hey there, Star Wars fans. Thanks for tuning in to the very first episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues. This is a new podcast that we've started to bring you all the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars saga and all the exciting developments that are coming out with Disney buying Lucasfilm and making new movies and all this kind of stuff. So a uh, big, exciting time to be a Star Wars fan. We thought we should do a new podcast just about all this new stuff. I'm your host, Kyle Avery. Uh, some of you may have heard me before on Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. And on the other side of the mic, I have my co-host, Tim. Hey, what's up, Kyle? Hey, how's it going? Doing good. I can't believe we're doing a podcast and we're talking about Star Wars Episode Seven. That just—it just sounds weird. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, I didn't think this would happen anytime soon. But uh, yeah, I guess why don't we introduce ourselves a little bit uh, before we get into all the big stuff, just so people know who they're listening to, talking about all this stuff. Um, so. Tim, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your background, what you do, how long you've been a Star Wars fan, all that good stuff. Yeah, so uh, for me, I always like to say I was just born a Star Wars fan because <laughs> I don't have that exact moment where I, I remember seeing it for the very first time and thinking to myself, oh, this is awesome. I just always remember loving Star Wars as a kid. I mean, I was born a month after Return of the Jedi came out, so I never saw the original trilogy in the theaters, but just always watched them on VHS, always collected the toys which I was able to get a lot of because by the time I was into it, they were all on clearance and <laughs> every store was trying to get rid of them. So I was able to get like a bunch of scout troopers. And for some reason, it had a lot of Admiral Akbars. I think I was obsessed <laughs> with them for some reason. <laughs> but yeah, so just grew up a Star Wars fan, always continued to love it. Then I'd probably say I became like a real diehard, hardcore Star Wars fan where it kind of consumed me was probably around the time the special editions came out and Kenner started re-releasing the new like, Power of the Force figure line. That's when I got all hardcore into collecting and then just getting my knowledge more of Star Wars, like expanding to the EU stuff and just kind of building my knowledge of Star Wars information and history of it. And then when the prequels came out, I was like, I'd probably say the most fun time to be a Star Wars fan, especially episode one, the anticipation for it was just probably, I think anticipating the movies is more almost as fun as actually seeing the movies. Just as little information starts to come out, just so exciting. So that's what gets me really excited about this new series coming out. It's the fun of anticipating it. So, yeah, just been a Star Wars fan for life, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon, especially now. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, I'm kind of uh, a little bit similar to you, I guess, except sort of a generation later. Um, I was born in 91, so all the movies were already out. Um, but I guess I was first introduced to it, I think the first time I saw it, I was like four or something. Um, and right around the time I started getting into it was when all the Power of the Force stuff was first coming out. And so for me, it wasn't, um, I mean, I never knew a time when there was sort of a lull, I guess, in, uh, in like the excitement for Star Wars. Um, like you said, you got like all the old Kenner action figures and stuff and then kind of had to wait a while for the special editions and the Power of the Force and all that. For me, it was like, ooh, cool, there's these new movies that I love that I you know, watched for the first time at my grandparents' house or whatever, and then I go to Walmart, and hey, look, they've got toys of all these characters. So um, for me as a kid, I mean, Star Wars was kind of, uh, like you said, I can't really remember a time without it. Um, yeah. I, I don't even remember the first time specifically that I watched it because I was so young. I just remember loving it all throughout my childhood. Um, like you said, watching the movies, collecting the toys, all that kind of stuff. And then I would say what really got me into sort of turning into a hardcore Star Wars fan, I guess, was uh, the prequels and specifically episode three. Because um, that was sort of all the hype leading up to episode three was 
sort of my first introduction to uh, Star Wars on the internet, like Wikipedia and the databanks on StarWars.com and all these different fan sites and sort of following more of the updates and the behind-the-scenes stuff leading up to the movie. And also around that time, I just sort of happened to also get more into the books and the comics and the video games and the behind-the-scenes stuff, um, the expanded universe and all that. So... Yeah, and I mean, all that combined with the fact that episode three was coming out, and I was really excited for that, and my dad took me to see that uh, at midnight. I was like a freshman in high school, and that was the first midnight show I ever went to. But, um, yeah, that was when my uh, my Star Wars fever kind of reached its peak, and I've kind of been riding that ever since, I guess. I mean, I've <laughs> kept playing the video games and reading more of the books, and, you know, I love the Clone Wars series now. And uh, now here we are, like you said, talking about Episode 7, which I thought maybe would happen at some point. Definitely didn't expect it anytime soon. Uh, but, yeah, there it is. So uh, Yeah, I, I was actually dead set on never seeing a new Star Wars movie in the theater again. Because so, Episode 3 came out, Lucas was doing all these interviews, and people would ask him, is this really it? He would say, yep, yeah, this is it. I'm done with Star Wars. I was glad I was able to finish it. I'm ready to move on. And even certain things were saying, like, I wouldn't want anyone else to handle it unless I'm involved. So I had my mindset where, like, we're never going to get a new Star Wars movie. So when this announcement came, at least to say I was shocked and <laughs> just in yeah. awe or unbelievable that this is actually going to happen. So Yeah, yeah. No, and I have some more thoughts on that, too. But I guess before we keep talking about that let's get into the actual news itself um in case there's anyone out there who hasn't heard the big announcement yet and doesn't know what the heck we're talking about um but yesterday it was announced that disney bought lucasfilm from george lucas for 4.05 billion dollars um, <laughs> yeah a lot of money but uh and not just lucasfilm but also sort of all the lucasfilm companies like ilm uh, Skywalker Sound, LucasArts, all that stuff is now going to be under Disney, but it's not going to be sort of completely integrated into it, uh, into Disney. You know, Lucasfilm isn't going to cease to exist. exist. It's going to kind of be like how Marvel is now, where Disney bought Marvel, and now Marvel's sort of, um, you know, it's under the big Disney corporate umbrella, I guess you could say, but it's still sort of its own entity. So Lucasfilm's going to kind of be like that. But uh, I'll go ahead and read the press release that came out yesterday. It says, Continuing its strategy of delivering exceptional creative content to audiences around the world, the Walt Disney Company has agreed to acquire Lucasfilm Limited in a stock and cash transaction. Lucasfilm is 100% owned by Lucasfilm chairman and founder George Lucas. Under the terms of the agreement, based on the closing price of Disney stock, the transaction value is $4.05 billion with Disney paying approximately half the consideration in cash and issuing approximately 40 million shares at closing. Um, I'll skip a little bit of that financial stuff. But uh, it says, Lucasfilm reflects the extraordinary passion, vision, and storytelling of its founder, George Lucas, said Robert Iger, chairman and chief executive officer of the Walt Disney Company. This transaction combines a world-class portfolio of content, including Star Wars, one of the greatest family entertainment franchises of all time, with Disney's unique and unparalleled creativity across multiple platforms, businesses, and markets to generate sustained growth and drive significant long-term value. For the past 35 years, one of my greatest pleasures has been to see Star Wars pass from one generation to the next, said George Lucas, chairman and chief executive officer of Lucasfilm. It's now time for me to pass Star Wars on to a new generation of filmmakers. I've always believed that Star Wars could live beyond me, and I thought it was important to set up the transition during my lifetime. I'm confident that with Lucasfilm under the leadership of Kathleen Kennedy and having a new home within the Disney organization, Star Wars will certainly live on and flourish for many generations to come. Disney's reach and experience give Lucasfilm the opportunity to blaze new trails in film, television, interactive media, theme parks, live entertainment, and consumer products. Uh, under the deal, Disney will acquire ownership of Lucasfilm, a leader in entertainment, innovation, and technology, including its massively popular and evergreen Star Wars franchise and its operating businesses in live-action film production, consumer products, animation, visual effects, and audio post-production. Disney will also acquire the substantial portfolio of cutting-edge entertainment technologies that have kept audiences enthralled for many years. Lucasfilm, headquartered in San Francisco, 
operates under the names Lucasfilm Limited, LucasArts, Industrial Light and Magic, and Skywalker Sound, and the present intent is for Lucasfilm employees to remain in their current locations. Kathleen Kennedy, co current co-chairman of Lucasfilm, will become president of Lucasfilm, reporting to Walt Disney Studios chairman Alan Horn. Additionally, she will serve as brand manager for Star Wars, working directly with Disney's global lines of business to build, further integrate, and maximize the value of this global franchise. Ms. Kennedy will serve as the executive producer on new Star Wars feature films, with George Lucas serving as creative consultant. Star Wars Episode Seven is targeted for release in 2015, with more feature films expected to continue the Star Wars saga and grow the franchise well into the future. Um, and there's more to the press release if you guys want to check it out. Um, it's all over the news. I'm reading this off of IGN.com, but you can find it on you know Yahoo, probably even CNN. I don't know. Um, it's out there online, but I wanted to stop right there because, uh, like we were talking about before, Tim, um, that's sort of the big announcement is that not only has Disney bought Lucasfilm, but they're now planning to make more Star Wars movies. Yeah, which is, I think, the biggest part of this whole news story that came out. I mean, just in itself, Disney buying Lucasfilm was a big story, but then to get the announcement that they're going to plan not only episode 7, 8, and 9, but maybe even more movies after that. So... I think that kind of outdid the main big announcement about Disney acquiring Lucasfilm. Yeah, about yeah. The announcement sure. of the new movies. It just kind of put that in the back burner, even though it's just as big as well. But Yeah, and, and like you said, it's a little bit surprising that, you know, to hear that George Lucas endorses that because before, you know, in the past, like you said, he's said in interviews and things that he's done, he's not going to make any more, that he doesn't want other people, you know, making Star Wars films yeah. without his sort of, you know, at least being involved in it. Um, and he is going to serve as a uh, creative consultant for these new films. Um, so he'll probably have some story input. But at the same time, you know, like he said there in the quote, he's ready to hand it off to a, to the next generation and he wants it to live beyond him. Um, and yeah. like you were saying, you thought you that we would never see... Uh, you know, more Star Wars movies. I thought we might at some point, but I'm really glad that George Lucas is doing this during his lifetime and sort of handing it off and overseeing that transition because I thought it might be something where, you know, Lucas passes away when he gets really old and then people, like, fight over the rights for Star Wars and would he want us to make another one or would he not? And, you know, I thought that... Um, like, I, I always kind of hoped, I guess, that somebody else would get to take a crack at it just because I thought it would be interesting to see um, another filmmaker who, you know, could do a really good job with it, uh, see what their take on Star Wars would be. But I didn't want to be one of those people. And I've heard this opinion before, and I think it's awful, but some people who've said, like, oh, I just hope George Lucas dies so somebody else can take over and make Star Wars good again. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so I'm glad that he's sort of... Um, kind of keeping control over this and like I said overseeing it the way he wants it to be like handing it off to people that he trusts but he's also saying like okay it's my time to finally step back from all this so I think it's pretty exciting I'm excited to see where it goes from here and what somebody else can do with it and yeah uh, I mean yeah, for me when I first read it about episode 7 I kind of got worried right away that oh, George isn't going to be involved he's going to like oversee it who's going to write who's going to direct it but then after reading more of it, after that initial shot, where this says Lucas is going to be a creative consultant and that I think it's, it was said earlier too that um, he has like a treatment already for the stories for 7, 8, 9. So that made me feel a lot better about it. Just knowing that he's still involved with the main storyline of how 7, 8, 9 are going to be just made me feel a lot better about it. Yeah, same here. And um, I think also too, I kind of had the same reaction when I first heard about it. I was like, oh crap, like this could be the end of Star Wars, you know? I was sort of just freaking out at first. Um, and I sort of have that reaction just about sort of really big corporate companies buying up smaller companies that I like. I mean, Lucasfilm isn't necessarily a small company, but um, it's definitely, you know, not a giant corporation like Disney that's kind of got its hands in everything. Um, I guess a good example kind of in video games would be, I kind of had the same reaction when uh, EA Games bought Bioware, and I really like yeah. Bioware. They make, you know, the Mass Effect games and Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic and all that. Um, and I'm always just kind of wary of, you know, big companies buying up smaller companies, and I'm worried that, you know, they're not going to be able to operate the same way, and they're going to 
lose connection with their fans and all that kind of stuff. Um, but then I thought about it, and and I was thinking about this a lot yesterday. I was actually at school after a class planning to get some work done, and instead ended up just reading articles about this and posting about it on Facebook for like an hour and a half or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, how could you um, concentrate on anything else after you heard that news? It was almost yeah. impossible. Yeah, exactly. I was consumed by it for most of the afternoon. But, um, you know, I was thinking about it, and you think about Disney buying Marvel, and the Avengers came out pretty darn good. Um, you know, and they've kind of done a good job keeping that franchise and sort of building up even all those individual superhero movies leading up to the Avengers, and um, they've got what seems like a pretty solid plan for it going ahead. And so I was like, okay, you know... I think they could, you know, do the same with Star Wars. This isn't some company that's just going to cash in on it and turn it into crap. Um, and also, you know, Disney is um, has coordinated with Lucas with Lucasfilm before on, you know, the stuff at Disney World, like the Star Tours ride and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, and especially, you know, hearing George Lucas's statement saying that, you know, he trusts these people and he's ready to hand it off to them and knows that they're going to take care of it and keep it going strong and all that made me feel better about it just because I was like, okay, we could actually, you know, keep getting more good Star Wars content and not just, you know, Disney isn't in it just for the money. I think they do really want to keep Star Wars going and uh, make some good Star Wars content that's going to be fun and entertaining for us. Yeah, I mean, I, I never really had any concerns when I heard that Disney did acquire them. The only thing is it's just weird knowing that Lucasfilm is not its own like entity anymore. Yeah. Lucas is overseeing the whole thing anymore. That just still sounds strange to me. Like even seeing some local local news had the story on it where they showed Lucas signing away the documents and everything. It just just seemed weird seeing that. But like you said, I think it's even George Lucas said it's going to good hands with Disney and he's worked with them before. Like you said on the Star Tours and like Indiana Jones ride. So he does have a working relationship with them, where it's not like he just picked them out of the blue or something. He knows that they can take care of the franchise. Right. And like you said with the Marvel stuff, I mean, when that was announced, like there was a lot of like worry about that, where uh, the Marvel characters are going to be like Disney nice or something like that, where they're going to be more tamed down or it's not going to be the same. But as we saw with the Avengers and the recent Marvel movies, that's not the case. I mean, it's as if Disney's not involved with it at all, pretty much. Still, they leave it to Marvel, let them do their thing, and then it just seems like that's how it's going to be with Star Wars. So the idea of Disney now having the Star Wars license, I don't think's a concern at all. I think it's going to be in good hands. Right, right. Yeah, and kind of like you said, when I first heard it, my concern wasn't necessarily like, oh no, they're going to Disney. It was just, like you said, kind of um, the fact that Lucasfilm was going to be part of another company and not under the direction of George Lucas anymore was just kind of hard to wrap my head around because he's been the owner and the you know director and been in charge of this whole thing for the past 35 years or however long it's been since he started it to make the first Star Wars movie. And, uh, you know, he's been in control of it ever since then. So it was just a little hard to sort of comprehend at first. You know, you're like, no, someone else besides George Lucas is taking over Star Wars. It's a little bit scary. But, again, taking all those things into consideration, I think we are in pretty good hands. Um, and a lot of the stuff I've read of people being worried about it, because I think it has been very polarizing. You know, I've heard some people get really excited about it. I think right off the bat we were all just kind of like, wait, what? And yeah. then people kind of form their own opinions. I've heard some people get really excited about it, and I've heard some people be uh, pretty negative and skeptical about it and worried that, you know, Disney's going to ruin it or they're going to dumb it down and, you know, target it completely at kids. But if you think about it, I mean, the Avengers and the Marvel movies aren't the only example of sort of cool action-based, uh, you know, stuff that Disney has done that sort of everyone can enjoy because they've also done... Uh, you know, they did the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Uh, they did John Carter that came out last year, which didn't do very well, but I really enjoyed that movie, and even, uh, like, Tron Legacy. So, they, I mean, they have experience doing um, live-action, sort of fun action-adventure movies that aren't yeah. just for little kids. Obviously, they're sort of better known for their animated films and their, you know, Pixar CGI stuff, but, um, I mean, they've proven that they can work with live-action and make good films, too, so... Um, especially if they get the right, you know, writers and directors and cast and a good story. I think another Star Wars movie under Disney could be 
pretty exciting. It's just going to be weird to be watching it at midnight in the theater and not hear the uh, 20th Century Fox music and see that logo. Yeah, I guess if there's one negative I could think of, that would probably be it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it's the, the fanfare for 20th Century Fox music just goes perfectly with the Star Wars theme. Yeah, the, the first 30 seconds of the movie just aren't going to be the same, but the rest of it will be Star Wars still. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, is the most intriguing part to me is this announcement is who's going to write, direct it, even more than the casting, for me, by now, anyway, as far as who's going to be in charge of this new movie. That's just the most curious thing to me right now is the thing I can't wait to find out, which hopefully will be not too long since they're targeting a 2015 release date. You think they would have someone in line pretty soon? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, I was talking about that on Facebook yesterday, having a lot of discussions with uh, some of the guys over from Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, uh, our friend Michael Cohen over there. Um, and he was talking about how when we were at Star Wars Celebration uh, 6 in Orlando this past summer, he was thinking, oh, this must have been going on behind the scenes and they were planning it but didn't want to tell us about it yet. And at first I was kind of like, well, maybe, maybe not. Like this could just be a sudden thing that Disney just recently came to Lucas and made the offer and, um, you know, it could have been a more recent development. But then when I thought about it, and like you said, the fact that they have a release window set, not necessarily a date, because from everything I've seen, they've just said 2015. They haven't given us a yeah. month or a day or anything. But just the fact that they have that year set out tells me that they've at least started to put some thought into, um, you know, what the story is going to be about and who might write or direct it. I think if they had that stuff figured out already, they might have told us, you know, who's going to direct it or something like that. But I think they've definitely at least started thinking about it and maybe have somewhat of a plan for how they're going to make it. Because otherwise, I mean, it would not really make a whole lot of sense to say, you know, hey, let's buy Lucasfilm from George Lucas and we'll make a Disney Star Wars movie. And then somebody else in the room's like, yeah, and we'll have it come out in 2015. Like, <laughs> if you have no plan yeah. for it, you don't know when it's going to be done. So, And, I mean, they're pretty good at planning ahead with their stuff, too, because... Um, They've already got the release dates set out for, like, all the other Marvel movies leading up to the Avengers 2, and I think Disney's also got release dates planned out for the next couple of years for some of, like, their animated Pixar movies, too, and stuff like that, so, um, you know, the, the 2015 release window, of course, might change, too, because once you actually get into production of the movie, sometimes things don't go as planned, and they might have a delay or something like that, but... I do think this is something that's probably been going on behind the scenes for a while, and it makes sense, too, because George Lucas has said that he's going to retire, and even when he brought in Kathleen Kennedy to be sort of the uh, the co-chair of Lucasfilm, and he said he was eventually going to hand the whole thing off to her when he retired, he was sort of preparing to make that transition uh, out of the company for himself, and I think that was earlier this year, maybe during the summer or something like that. So, I mean, it definitely makes sense that all this has finally come together and he's sort of passed it all off. But, uh, I mean, the fact that they're making an episode seven so soon was still kind of a surprise to me. But, um, I mean, like we've been talking about, it's it's more Star Wars and I'm excited to see where they go with it. I think part of me is maybe a little bit scared, too. But, again, because we don't know what the story is about, we don't know who's going to direct it or act in it. There's really nothing to sort of base any skepticism off of. Um, and not really anything to get excited about either except for the fact that it's more Star Wars so sort of based on their previous track record and knowing that we already love the stories and characters of that universe I think for now there's no reason to be anything other than you know at least cautiously optimistic um, to just kind of see where they go with it and hope that it ends up being something really fun and really great yeah definitely I mean it's more Star Wars how can you not (laughs) have excitement for it like you said, you might be a little skeptical with it, but I think the excitement just outweighs that where it's kind of a minor thing that you might have. And as Star Wars fans too, it might be something where we can't create a little worry for ourselves, maybe thinking of like our own stories in our head already or what we might want to see. And if those who are fans of the EU, if they're expecting those to be adapted, which I think they said it's not going to be the case, but you can start creating these old things in your head already, which you may cause yourself for disappointment if you start doing that too much, start building it up, your own ideas for how you want the movies. So I think it's good to definitely be excited, but kind of like be cautious as far as like 
getting your expectations of what you want to see in there too much. Just kind of let it play out and see what they want to do with it first. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely kind of what I'm doing. Um, have you read a whole lot of the uh, sort of the expanded universe stuff after episode six? No, I can't say that I have, but I have a lot of like the, uh, the Star Wars chronology and the encyclopedia. So I know of the storylines that take place after it. But as mm-hmm. far as like reading every single one, I can't say that I have. Yeah. But I am aware of like the story progressions of the characters. Yeah, no, I'm kind of the same way because, um, I mean, like you said, I've read the, the essential chronology and, you know, just reading articles on Wikipedia and stuff like that. I've yeah. learned a lot about sort of stuff that happens in the EU after Return of the Jedi, but I've never gotten really deep into it myself. Um, I have read the Jedi Academy trilogy of novels by Kevin J. Anderson, and I enjoyed those. But I've kind of distanced myself from it because I really like the story of sort of Anakin as the chosen one and fulfilling his destiny of, you know, destroying the Sith and bringing balance to the Force by bringing down the Emperor and uh, redeeming himself and saving Luke and all that. And I feel like some of the stuff that happens after Return of the Jedi in the EU sort of cheapens that a little bit, where... You know, he was supposed to bring balance to the Force, and there's supposed to be peace and all that. And I get that um, by blowing up the Death Star and killing the Emperor, that that doesn't necessarily mean that the whole rest of the Empire is just going to, you know, fall over, because they've still got a ton of forces all over the place. But um, I guess I figured, you know, that that story would just be the Rebellion fighting the remnants of the Empire, and then they could rebuild the New Republic and at least have peace for a little while. But then you've got all this stuff with the Yuuzhan Vong and Han and Leia's kids becoming Jedi and one of them turns to the dark side and there's just all this chaos. And then in the, I think it's, what is it, Legacy, the comic series that's maybe like 150 years after the movie or something uh, like that. And the whole galaxy is ruled by Sith Lords again. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, what was the point of Anakin being the chosen one in that case? Um, so I tend to sort of block out that stuff um, to some extent. I mean, like you said, I'm aware of it. I've read about some of the stuff of, like, what happens in there. And some of it sounds like it might be interesting, but I just don't get too deep into it. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with what you're saying about, like you say, with the Sith always being the, the bad guys they have to face or yeah. remnants of the Empire. I'm kind of hoping, too, that they do go around kind of what they use on Bong was, something new besides the Sith or the Empire, a new threat that the heroes would have to deal with. Words like you said with Anakin fulfilling the prophecy at the end of Return of the Jedi and destroying the Sith, that should be I think at least for the seven, eight, nine, the end of that story, and just have something new instead of yeah. just retreading the same water over and over again with the Sith and the Empire. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of how I feel too. And I mean, I guess I would say that's my only um, sort of main skepticism, I guess, about the about them making an episode seven, eight, nine is. Obviously, you have to have conflict to have an interesting story, and it's like, well, who are the bad guys going to be now? Because if you just introduce more Sith Lords, then, you know, was Anakin really the chosen one? Did he really destroy the Sith? Or, you know, is that even possible? Is the galaxy just always going to be in conflict? But I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to worry about it too much. Exactly. (laughs) Um, If anything else, I can always... I mean, I guess if I really wanted to, I could sort of pretend that these movies are just a what if, you know, what if the story continued? Um, Because even if you think about sort of the continuity and uh, the effects of the different stories and things like that and get upset about it, you can still enjoy watching the film itself. Um, So, you know, even if I don't... Sometimes it's just best to, I'm finding out reading some of the new DC 52 comics, it's just best to kind of have your own continuity that you like, kind of pick and choose what you want, just so you get your enjoyment out of it. Because if you just obsessed over continuity and it, it's not going to be enjoyable i think if they do certain things that it's not all going to line up perfectly yeah i mean that's kind of what i do like i was saying i sort of um pick and choose the stuff that i want to accept out of the eu after return of the jedi i guess i mean for me it's pretty much like the rebellion fights the remnants of the empire han and leia get married and have kids and luke establishes a new jedi order and we've got a little bit of peace and justice in the galaxy at least for a while um and i think with these new movies i mean well for one thing we don't even know when these are going to take place yeah or what the characters are going to be or anything like that but i i think it might be safe to assume that it's going to at least somewhat tie into return of the jedi since it is 
I mean, they're calling them episode seven, eight, nine, and it's not, um, you know, some completely different spin-off or something like that. Um, and sort of like how the prequels, we get to see Anakin and Obi-Wan when they're younger, and it's not sort of a direct relation to uh, the events in the original trilogy, but it is, you know, some of the same characters, and it's the same universe, and you can see sort of how they affect each other. So I would assume that that's going to be the same for the new trilogy, that it might take place... Uh, later on where Han and Luke and Leia are older or maybe they'll have already passed on but we hear people, you know, reference them or talk about the rebellion fighting the Empire or something like that. Yeah. Just but, uh, your gut feeling, do you think you'll see Luke, Leia? I know we're not going to see Han because I don't think Harrison Ford's ever going to do a Star Wars movie again, but do you think you're going to see Han or Luke or Leia? I don't know. You know, I would like to. Um... I think I would just as much like to see some new characters and some new stories. But when we were at Celebration 6, we got to see, you know, live stage panels with Mark Hamill and with Carrie Fisher. And I think, I know Carrie Fisher definitely said it, and I think Mark Hamill said it, I can't remember exactly. But I think they both said things along the lines of, you know, if George ever asked us to come back and do Episode 7 and play older versions of our characters, like, yeah, we definitely would. Um, yeah, for me, I personally think I think we're going to see at least Mark Hamill in at least episode seven. Maybe kind of like a, if they are doing it a few years after Jedi, kind of like maybe in the Obi Wan mentor role as far as the new Jedi Order. Right, right. But if he is in it, I have a feeling I think we might actually see the death of Luke Skywalker in, in these movies. Kind of playing on the same themes as like episode one and episode four, where Qui Gon died in the first part of that trilogy, Obi Wan died in the first part of that trilogy. And then this new one, we'll bite to see the passing of Luke and how it'll affect the story, I guess, of the new Jedi Order. Possibly, yeah. Um, I mean, like you said, I think it would be hard for them to bring back Harrison Ford just because, as we've seen, he's sort of distanced himself from yeah. Star Wars. Um, and it, it's hard to imagine bringing... Hard to imagine them bringing back one or two of those main characters without bringing all of them back. And it would kind of be weird to see Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher playing Luke and Leia with a different actor playing an older Han Solo. Um, so yeah. I think in order to do that, they'd probably have to either convince Harrison Ford to come back as well, or I could maybe see uh, a story, like you were saying, where they have just Luke in sort of an older Jedi mentor role, and maybe they reference Han and Leia or, you know, off doing political stuff for the New Republic or something like that, but it's not really the focus of the story. Or maybe even have uh, Han be dead in this new series, which would probably make Harrison Ford happy since that's what he wanted in Return of the Jedi. Maybe, yeah. See, I just, I, I wouldn't mind them killing him off, but I, I feel like it would be kind of cheap if they just yeah. did it in between. You know, they just say that it happened and we never see it happen. Exactly. A big character like Han Solo, his death, I think, is something we'd want to see. Yeah. Although maybe, you know, maybe if they were to write that into the story, since Harrison Ford wanted them to kill off Han Solo in Empire Strikes Back, I think, you know, maybe they could talk him into coming back maybe, and playing yeah. the character just so they could finally kill him off. I don't know. <laughs> That's the only way they get Harrison Ford back is the same yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, but, um, I don't know. But like I was saying, as far as, like, the continuity and stuff like that, I think, you know, I'm just going to go into this with the mindset of not worrying too much about how it affects Return of the Jedi and whether or not it sort of respects Anakin's story and stuff like that. And I'm just going to sort of look at it as a new trilogy of stories and just kind of try to enjoy it for what it is. Yep. Um, and again, all this stuff is still speculative at this point, so uh, we'll know a little bit more once we kind of get some hints of what the story is going to be about and stuff like that. But uh, I'm also still going to... I'm going to try to not... Uh, get too much into spoilers. I don't know about you, but I definitely want this to be a surprise when I see it, too. No, I said that for every prequel movie, and I failed every time. Pretty <laughs> spoilers, so I'll try it again for this one, but I want to hold my breath as far as not being spoiled when the movie comes out. Yeah, see, the only one I spoiled for myself, I mean, episode one and episode two, um, I didn't spoil those. I mean, I uh, saw the previews and all that kind of stuff, but going into the movies, I didn't know what was going to happen. Although, actually, I do remember some kid at school or something... Actually, no, you know what? Somebody did spoil those for me, but it wasn't like I was looking up spoilers. In episode one, somebody told me Qui-Gon died before I went and saw it, and with episode two, somebody told me Anakin got his arm cut off at the end before I went and saw it. But I didn't want to know that before I saw the movie. But with episode three, uh, my dad bought me the novelization before we went and saw the movie, like a few weeks before. Uh -huh. 
and like I said, that was sort of where my Star Wars anticipation was like at its peak. And for a while after he bought me the book, I was like, I'm not going to read this until after we see the movie. And then I was like, you know what? I can't help it. I'm too excited. I want to know what happens. And I read the book and uh, still love the movie. But to this day, I kind of regret doing that just because I, I mean, I, I just have so many great memories of that experience. Um, going to see it at midnight. I mean, it was so cool. That opening shot of the the Star Destroyer and Anakin and Obi-Wan's Jedi Starfighters swooping yep. in. And uh, it was just, you know, such a cool experience. But I'm like, how much cooler would that have been if I hadn't known what was going to happen? But, uh, oh, well, the past is the past. But <laughs> I, I'm definitely not planning on reading the Episode Seven novel before <laughs> I go see the movie this time. Yeah, I was always like that with the novels, too. I got them before, but I had the willpower to not read them. Until after I saw the movie. Yeah, see, when Maybe. I was 14, I didn't have that willpower. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't have the willpower to not read spoilers, so I don't know what this was. Because I always think if I read the book first, there may be like a, a sequence that I really like in there, but it's not in the movie. I didn't want to have that, expecting right. like, that sequence to be in there. So that's, that's the main reason why I read it afterwards. Yeah, but I, I'm definitely going to try to uh, avoid... You know, avoid big spoilers. I mean, if like like I said, once they announce, you know, what the story is going to be about and stuff like that, I'll read that stuff, and we'll keep you guys posted on that on future episodes of this podcast. But um, if there are any, you know, big like the script gets leaked or somebody you know takes a cell phone video behind the scenes on the set and you see them filming some big important scene or something, um, I'm going to stay away from all that stuff, and I'm not going to you know come on the podcast and say, hey, guess what happens to Luke in this movie? You know, I want I don't want to spoil it for anybody else, and I don't want to spoil it for myself. So um, yeah, it's going to be hard for me to lay off those videos. Those are the things that always get me. <laughs> those uh, leaked videos. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, try, but I'm not getting my hopes up. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. I might have to. Uh, I don't know. I'll constantly send you reminders. Yeah. <laughs> Or I'll send you an article and be like, Tim, don't read this. <laughs> but I must. <laughs> <laughs> Resist the dark side. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, so that's pretty much the big stuff about the Disney acquisition and the, you know, the movie itself, the making episode seven. But uh, what do you think about um, sort of the other implications this has? I mean, Disney isn't just buying the Lucasfilm uh, movie production company they've also got ilm which does you know the visual effects for a whole bunch of big movies they get skywalker sound they get lucas arts and the video games uh so what do you think about all that yeah i mean definitely all their movies are gonna have the best special effects now <laughs> now that they got ilm but oh, um, sure. i think probably the biggest i don't think it's gonna affect those companies too much as far as using them for all their movies now but i think the interesting thing might be the video game aspect with lucas arts because Disney has their own uh, video game studios. So I wonder how if they're going to like leave LucasArts, they're going to merge the two, like give all their uh, LucasArts publish everything now, or are they going to have like, Disney's Interactive Studio publish their games now? So I'm curious to see how the video game front's going to be. Yeah, you know, I actually have the same thought, and I've got an article on that that I'll read in a second. But, um, I mean, I agree with what you're saying about Lucas, uh, Skywalker Sound and Industrial Light and Magic. I don't think those are going to change much because they seem to operate somewhat independently from Lucas uh, from Lucasfilm anyways uh, because I mean all with all the movies that ILM does visual effects for um, not all of those are Lucasfilm movies yeah um, and they've actually done a lot of Disney movies before they did the third and I think also the second Pirates of the Caribbean they've done the Iron Man movies and the Avengers and um, I don't know if they did John Carter or Tron or any of those they might have but I mean they've done a ton of movies um, it's not going to be their first time working with Disney and it's not going to be their first time doing stuff, uh, that's not, um, you know, based with Lucasfilm. So yeah. I, I think we can definitely count on ILM doing the effects for the next Star Wars movies. But other than that, I think it'll kind of just be business as usual for them, you know, making cool effects for big blockbusters and kind of the same with Skywalker Sound. But like you said, I was kind of concerned about the video games because, there's there's sort of a trend in gaming where uh, when a movie comes out and they have a video game based off that movie, those games tend to be like mediocre at best. Yep. Um, yeah, I haven't even played any recently, but, um, you know, with like Iron Man or Captain America or 
any of these, you know, big action summer blockbusters that come out, and there's always a video game that comes out with it, and it's always like, yeah, you run around, you beat some bad guys up, there's a loose plot line to it, and it feels like they kind of just rushed it out in time to get it out at the same time as the movie. Yeah, it's always the case. <laughs> right. And and for me, Star Wars has kind of been the one franchise to buck that trend. Um, I guess maybe I could say the same for Lord of the Rings, because um, I've played a couple Lord of the Rings games that I thought were really fun. But Star Wars, you know, there have been some great Star Wars games, and they don't sort of tie themselves down to making it just about the movie. I think Star Wars benefits, too, from having such a huge universe and all the expanded universe material and all the different stories and things that there's a lot more that you can make a video game about besides just the stuff that happens in the movies. Uh, you know, you can make games that happen in between the movies or sort of during the movies but expand upon it or go like Knights of the Old Republic and set it in a completely different time period in the same universe. But, uh, yeah, they've you know, put out some really good Star Wars games and... I, I guess I was a little bit worried about them being acquired by Disney that uh, maybe Disney's track record of you know, sort of mediocre games to go along with their movies would sort of bleed over into that. Um, on the other hand, LucasArts hasn't done a whole lot lately. I mean, other than like the Force Unleashed games and they keep making more Lego Star Wars games, um, they haven't done a whole lot. So maybe this will be a shot in the arm for them. Maybe Disney will get them to make more stuff. Um, I'm kind of secretly hoping that somebody at Disney will, I don't know, bully them if they have to into finally making Star Wars Battlefront 3. Oh, um, that'd be awesome. I, I would not complain about that. But uh, I do have, there's an article on IGN, um, basically they're saying that uh, that the whole Disney acquisition thing isn't going to affect the stuff that Lucasfilm is doing right now. Um, and with LucasArts, and they're working on the Star Wars 1313 game, um, that that's still in production, that's still going to happen, that for all the stuff that they're working on at the moment, it's pretty much business as usual. But uh, the CEO of Disney did say that in the future he wanted to focus less on console games and more on social development and uh, mobile games, which is kind of exciting for me because I have an iPhone and I play a lot of games on my iPhone, and there's sort of a pitiful lack of Star Wars games on the App Store. Um, just when you consider how many great Star Wars games are out there and how many really mind-blowing games on, there are on the iPhone. I mean, I play some games where, you know, it'll be like a first-person shooter where you're blasting aliens or something. And, you know, kind of the, the graphics are really good and it kind of blows my mind that I'm actually playing this on my phone. And I'm like, why can't we have a Star Wars game like this? Um, but, you know, they've done a few where... You're like in a gun turret on the Millennium Falcon, or they've done yeah. like a tower defense Excellent. game on Hoth. Like yeah, and and some of those have been fun, but I feel like they could do a lot more. And I feel like if Disney's going to push them to focus on that, on the one hand, I still hope they make you know some really cool Star Wars console games in the future. But I'm also looking forward to more stuff on my iPhone as well. So um, I know some people that are kind of more hardcore console gamers might be a little bit more worried about that, but I'm not necessarily. Um, I don't know about you, if you have any thoughts about that. Yeah, for me, I'm, I rarely play any uh, games on my phone. I'm mainly just a console guy. So <laughs> I'm one of those people who may be a little worried that that's all they're going to focus on. Because I would love to see more Star Wars console games. I mean, a while ago, like 10 years ago, I know not all of them were good, but there was a good portion of Star Wars games that were coming out every few years or so. Oh, yeah, for sure. Different characters, different like eras of the Star Wars universe. So I hope we would kind of go back to that time frame again where we get a few good star wars console games every few years yeah it seemed like they were doing that a lot sort of towards the end of the era of uh ps2 and the first xbox because mm, yeah. um, right I mean, sort of between like 2002 and 2005 you got like battlefront battlefront 2 that's when they first started making the lego star wars games yeah. they had republic commando and nice uh, republic yeah yeah that's the republic. game yeah there's a lot yeah and on the Xbox 360, I think all they've done is The Force Unleashed, The Force Unleashed 2, uh, The Clone Wars Republic Heroes, which wasn't all that great, and, you know, a couple more LEGO games. The horrible um, Star Wars Connect. <laughs> oh, yeah, see, I haven't even played that yet. I kind of want to play it just for the pod racing. That's the no, only it, thing that looks about fun it's good. <laughs> I, got, I mainly <laughs> got it just for the R2 console. Oh, that's okay. definitely worth it, but the game itself, oh, man, I couldn't even finish it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, 
I mean, I, I'm I'm hoping that uh, well, for one thing, I hope that thirteen thirteen ends up being really good, but I also yeah. hope that uh, I mean maybe this new direction will sort of like I said be a little shot in the arm for them um, to just kind of try some new stuff. And he does say in this article that uh, he said they'll also pursue console games opportunistically in quotes and uh, license it out the franchise to other companies. So. I don't think Disney will try to keep real tight control over it. They might still have, you know, Bioware do another Star Wars RPG, I don't know, or, you know, some other... It uh, sounds like they might let some other studios get their hands on it and, you know, try to make a good Star Wars game. One thing um, I would like to see now that Disney has Star Wars, if they ever get around to making Kingdom Hearts 3, having a Star Wars world as part of the game, I think that would be cool. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I've actually never gotten into the Kingdom Hearts games because I think those are only for PlayStation, right? Yeah, just a PlayStation and a bunch of handhelds. <laughs> yeah, and I've I've always been an Xbox guy, but uh, yeah, now with Disney owning Marvel and Lucasfilm, you know, if they made a Kingdom Hearts game with the Avengers and Star Wars in it, I might just have to go find a way to play that. Yeah, because they're actually running out of their own Disney animated movie world, so <laughs> they, <laughs> they need to true. branch out. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so that's that's sort of how this is going to affect the the gaming future. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see how that goes. I guess there there have been rumors of you know some other Star Wars games going on at LucasArts right now too. They've got this thing, First Assault or Frontline Assault or something that's rumored to be coming out on the Xbox Live Arcade sometime yeah. soon. So I mean anything they're working on right now, and I think I I get the feeling that they're working on other stuff that they haven't told us about, um, just from little hints they've dropped and stuff. But I wouldn't be too worried about you know Disney trying to cancel all that stuff and make them just focus on, you know, making kids computer games or something. So, um, you know, hopefully we still get some good Star Wars games in the future. And if not, at least I'll have more Star Wars games to play on my iPhone. But uh, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, and let's see, we've got another thing here talking about... Uh, this is another article from IGN, but they're talking about... Um, the future of Star Wars on TV. Uh, now, Tim, what were your thoughts on this? Like, do you think uh, that now that Disney owns Lucasfilm, do you think they're going to keep Cartoon Network on Clone Wars or keep C Clone Wars on Cartoon Network? Yeah, I don't think so, really. I think I'm not sure how long their contract is with Cartoon Network, but I would think after season five, they may do the switch for season six onto like Disney XD or something like that, because it's not going to make sense for them to have the Star Wars show on Cartoon Network, which I think is by Time Warner, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's Warner. So yeah, so I think it's eventually gonna go over to Disney XD. But one thing that does kind of scare me a little is that if instead of moving Clone Wars over, they just kind of end the series on Cartoon Network and just start something brand new, which is something I hope doesn't happen. But that's one thought in the back of my head that kind of has me worried a little bit about that. Like they're gonna end Clone Wars sooner than later. Yeah, I don't think they will. Um... And I don't think they're going to cancel it for sure. I think it might push them to end it a little bit sooner than later. But I don't know that that would necessarily be a bad thing for me, only because I definitely... I mean, one of the reasons I watch Clone Wars, especially now as we've kind of gotten into later seasons, is I want to see how they wrap this all up and tie it into yeah. Episode 3 and what happens to Ahsoka and Captain Rex and all those characters. But, uh, yeah, like you said, I, I definitely don't think they're going to move it to Disney XD before the end of Season 5. Um, or they might, but that's not what I would do. Um, and I don't think that's super likely, but I don't know, I guess we'll see. But I can definitely see them uh, at the end of Season 5 maybe moving it to a Disney channel. Yeah, I think that's um, going to be a no-brainer. But yeah, I'm kind of curious as far as what this means for the live-action TV series. If this is going to give that production new life, maybe to get kind of kick it into gear, or if the production of the live-action new movies is going to put that on hold even further. So that's yeah. the kind of thing I'm wondering about. Yeah, I was kind of wondering about that, too. Um, they did say that the Star Wars Detours series that uh, Seth Green and Matt Senreich are doing, that that'll almost certainly be on you know one of the Disney-owned yeah. channels, just because that hasn't started airing yet. Um, and they were talking about it maybe being on Disney XD. I guess it still kind of depends on like how mature that show is going to be. Because, for, I mean, from all the stuff we've seen, like, from the preview clips and stuff, there hasn't been any, like, really crude language or, you know, really uh, mature jokes, I guess you could say. Um, so yeah. it could end up being on Disney, but I guess 
I mean, just knowing the people behind it, that they make robot chicken and all that kind of stuff, I kind of have a hard time picture it being on a Disney channel, because um, I don't know that it's going to be that kid-focused. Um, but one of the things I was wondering, I was like, they could put it on Disney XD anyways, or they could possibly put it on ABC, um, either like with their other comedy shows like Modern Family and stuff like that, or that maybe, I mean, depending on how much potential they think this has, they could maybe start a, uh, like an animated sort of block of comedy shows to go against, you know, Fox with their Simpsons and Family Guy and American Dad and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but, or uh, what they should do is just create a Star Wars channel. <laughs> Nothing but Star Wars there. See, I would be all in for that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just have Star Wars marathons all day and detours and Clone Wars and live action series and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, give them the holiday special on that. <laughs> oh, goodness. I don't know about that. That'd be one of those things they put on at 3 in the morning when nobody watches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh,. Yeah, so I mean, I, I guess we'll kind of see where they go in the future with the uh, with the TV stuff and with moving Clone Wars and all that kind of thing. I, I was kind of wondering about that, like you said, with the live action series. Does this mean that they're going to sort of breathe new life into that and get it going again? Um, I can definitely see them sort of shelving that for the time being just to focus on the you know the new movies. But again, now that Lucasfilm is sort of big part of the larger Disney entity, um, they have sort of more resources and I'm assuming more people to work with uh, that they maybe could be working on films and TV series at the same time. Uh, you, you know, you definitely wouldn't imagine George Lucas if he was still running the company by himself. He wouldn't shoot episode seven and then be working on the TV series the entire time up until episode eight comes out. But yeah. I mean, maybe maybe Disney will do that because they've you know they've still they're still working on the Avengers, but then they've also got their uh, they're working on a Shield TV series yeah. at the same time. So yeah, that's, I was just going to say that uh, I think this actually probably might help the chance of the live action show to start getting into production because I was going to just say what you said about the the new Shield show and the Marvel movies. They're doing the Marvel movies, but yeah, they're still going to have a Marvel TV show in production. So I thought that would, might look good for the Star Wars uh, TV show. Have that going as along with the live-action movies, so I think it's a good chance we may see that pretty soon, too. Well, at least I hope so. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, I mean, I, I guess at this point, I'm just sort of like take it or leave it on the live-action series, because sort of the biggest, um, I guess sort of the biggest thing that was getting me excited about that, I was sort of like, it might be weird to see Star Wars in a TV format instead of a movie, but I'm just excited to see more live-action Star Wars again, but now that we know we're getting at least three more movies, I'm like, well, if they want to make a TV series, that's cool too. But I don't need that because I'm getting more Star Wars movies and I'm happy with that. So um, Yeah, it kind of outdoes the excitement for a TV show. A movie right, does. right. It's like that would just be icing on the cake, but yeah, I'm not going to ask for it because I'm going to be paying more attention to the movies anyways. But yeah, I mean, I guess, like I said, we'll just have to wait and see where they go with all that. Um, and... Who knows? Maybe five or so years from now, we could be having new Star Wars movies and wrapping up the Clone Wars and have detours and have a live action series and Star Wars all over the place. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, seriously. But, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much all the news we have to cover. Um,. Although I guess, I mean, talking about the movies coming out, I think maybe one other thing I wanted to mention is that um, in some of the articles I read, I think it might have been in the press release, but they were talking about how they, they're they definitely doing episode seven in 2015, and then they're just going to keep going from there. Um, like some sources I've read said they're going to just make uh, seven, eight, nine, and some just said we'll kind of see how far it goes from there into the future, which makes me think... You know, maybe they'll do 7, 8, and 9, and 10, 11, 12, or they could do spin-offs on, you know, The Old Republic, or some of the other expanded universe material, or, I mean, the possibilities are endless. Um, yeah. I actually think how they're going to go is finish up 7, 8, and 9, and that'll pretty much probably be it for George Lucas's main stories for the movies. And then after that, I don't think they're going to do, like, a 
10, 11, or 12, they're probably just going to do spin-off stuff, have some, like, maybe set in the Old Republic era, era or just different time periods throughout the Star Wars universe. Just, they can do anything they want now, so. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I guess it kind of depends on 7, 8, 9, 2, and how that goes, because, like you are saying, that sort you thought that's going to sort of be the conclusion of George Lucas's story, but George Lucas always said that Episode 6 was the conclusion of his story. So if they're going to make three more, you know, who knows where they could go from there. Um, and it kind of depends on where those stories end up, if there's room to even, you know, tell more stories after that. Um, again, it's all sort of speculation at this point. We'll just have to wait and see. But I'm excited for the future to see, you know, how many more stories we get to see. And, yeah, I think uh, I've read, too, that it's like some rumors are that they are kind of want to do the Marvel superhero approach where maybe do some movies focusing on certain characters and then have them all meet up together, kind of like an Avengers-style thing, too. Which I'm not sure how that'll work with the with the Star Wars universe because there're not really too many like big character teams like superheroes. It just focuses on a few central characters that work together in the confines of the story. But I don't yeah. know, we'll see if they do go that route. It should be interesting to see if they do some like the Marvel movies. But I'm yeah, kind of we'll hoping see. after seven, eight, nine, they just kind of do more of a spin-off thing, like take a certain character, maybe like get a Boba Fett movie that I know Joe Johnson has said he wanted oh, to do. Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would personally love to see like the a movie adaption of the Darth Bane novels that came out because I love those stories. I think that'd be something really cool. Just certain things like that set in different time periods of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what I kind of love about this is that the possibilities are endless. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, sure. I mean, there's been tons of EU stuff that I've thought would make a really cool movie um, that I've never really, you know, expected that they would make because it might be too much of a niche audience. Um, like, if they were to make a movie about Knights of the Old Republic or, uh, you know, The Force Unleashed or something like that, um, I always thought, well, maybe it would, like, alienate too many people who know that it's based on something that they haven't read or haven't seen or haven't played. But I think Disney has that influence to uh, sort of branch out with it. I mean, just by making 7, 8, and 9, I think they'll bring Star Wars a lot more into sort of the awareness of pop culture again. Um, not that it's you know not yeah. there right now. I mean, you still hear Star Wars references all over the place, but I mean, they pretty much already did with this announcement because this is all you're hearing about. Oh yeah, place, sure, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think once they've made seven, eight, and nine, if you know if those end up being as good as we hope they are, that that could maybe bring Star Wars to a point where um, you know a Force Unleashed movie or a Darth Bane movie or a Knights of the Old Republic movie could actually reach a pretty big audience of people who are just interested in seeing more Star Wars stories. So I would love to see stuff like that. Um, or yeah. even like you said, I, I don't think they would necessarily do the Marvel approach where they start with the individual characters and then sort of build towards a big team up. But I would maybe like to see either TV series or uh, maybe movies or TV movies or something that are... Um, you know, sort of spin-offs where we see all these characters together in the films and then maybe go off and see some of their individual adventures. Um, again, like yeah. you were talking about with maybe a Boba Fett movie or something like that, I think that would be cool to see. Or maybe we might even see, like, a live-action Ahsoka or Rex or Cad Bane or something. Show Possibly. Up movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was even thinking, I mean, depending on what happens to Ahsoka in the Clone Wars and depending on how far into the future these new movies are set, maybe she's still around in Episode 7. I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think I think we've pretty much covered all the stuff we've got. Um, we're at almost an hour for recording now, and we've just been talking about all this cool news. But, I mean, the possibilities are endless. The future's looking bright. And... Uh, I don't know. I'm excited, Tim. You're excited? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's no better time to be a Star Wars fan, I think, right now. I mean, when I first heard this news, I don't think I've had this much excitement and anticipation since I saw the first Episode 1 trailer. I mean, the fact that we're getting not only new Star Wars movies, but new Star Wars movies set after Return of the Jedi, where we pretty much don't know what's going to happen to these characters. Because that's the prequels. We kind of knew what's going to happen to Anakin and Obi-Wan and Yoda. Right, but, right. But these, it's going to be totally unexpected. So I just can't wait. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's going to be awesome. And, uh, I mean, I really hope that they deliver and make it as cool as we're all hoping they are. Um, because, like I said, right now we have nothing to base it off of, you know, really nothing negative to be critical or skeptical about and really nothing positive to be excited about except for the fact that it's more Star Wars and we already love Star Wars and we know that they're making more of it. So I just really hope that they get the right team together that can deliver and uh, 
just continue to make it awesome. Um, I guess another thing I should mention for me, I mean, I'm a film school student and graduate next June, and now all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, my dream job would be like to work on Star Wars, and I thought I'd maybe have to sell for, you know, being an editor on the Clone Wars or something, which would still be awesome, but it's like with animation and stuff, there's not a whole lot of positions for live action film. I mean, I don't know a whole lot of animation stuff. I'm mostly just in digital film production, but I'm like, I could actually get to work on a Star Wars film now. This is freaking awesome. And, uh, <laughs> Episode well, 9, directed by Kyle Avery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can dream. And then uh, I'm also really tall, too, so if they ever need extras to play Wookiees or something, um, <laughs> that, that would be... Those would be like my two dream jobs, to either play a Wookiee in Star Wars or to be somehow involved in the production of a Star Wars movie. I'm actually working on a fan film right now that I'm making for my senior project that I'm going to screen uh, next year before I graduate, so that'll be pretty awesome. Oh, nice. But, uh, yeah, so uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, I'm, yeah, like I said, I think that's about it for now. Um, and we will... I'm, I'm not even sure how we're going to do sort of a format for this show because... As I was reading all this news yesterday, um, I was like, hey, you know what? It would be cool to do a podcast just dedicated to episode seven, eight, and nine, and um, sort of, you know, this whole new aspect with Disney and just sort of future Star Wars projects. Uh, so this isn't going to be just sort of like a regular Star Wars news, cap, news podcast where we talk about, you know, collecting and Clone Wars and uh, sort of all the stuff that's going on now. We're going to mostly focus on the future, what's coming up. Uh, we will definitely keep you guys posted with any news we hear about the movies. And we also might cover, you know, upcoming TV shows, whether it be, you know, changes to season six of Clone Wars or whether it be detours or new video games coming out or something like that. Um, we really want this to be uh, just sort of something where we uh, share news and share our thoughts and sort of speculate on big stuff that's coming up and uh, just get excited about the future of Star Wars. So uh, we might do sort of somewhat regular shows where we sort of wrap up any news that's come out recently in the past couple weeks or so. Um, definitely if they do any big announcements, like if they announce a director or they tell us exactly what the story of Episode Seven is going to be about or they tell us, you know, who's going to be acting in it or if you know they're going to have luke or han or leia or whatever we'll probably you know jump on the computer as soon as we can and record an episode to tell you guys about that stuff and give our thoughts on it as soon as possible um but we'll kind of just see how it goes i mean it all kind of depends on how quickly we get news too because we're not going to do a weekly show if there isn't much to talk about um i guess one last thing is you guys can check uh, starwars.com um, I think they're going to be doing a weekly video series uh, talking about the future of Star Wars. They've got a video right now up there with George Lucas and Kathleen Kennedy, and George is sort of giving his take on some of the stuff we already talked about, just sort of him going into retirement and his plan to transition the company over and sort of the prospects for the future and him giving Star Wars over into the hands of people he trusts and stuff like that. So uh, definitely check that out. It's uh, worth a watch and pretty insightful. So, uh, Tim, anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, just keep checking that out. And then, yeah, just keep staying tuned to uh, CloneWarsPodcast.com where I try to get the news up there as fast as I could for anything related to Star Wars. So any new information on Episode 7, 8, 9, and beyond, make sure to check out CloneWarsPodcast.com for the news. Yeah, that's actually uh, why I asked him to be my co-host when I had this idea yesterday because I was on Facebook and I kept seeing his updates from clonewarspodcast.com mixed in with all the other updates that I was seeing on Facebook and I was like, I'm all into this Tim's on top of this, we should get together and do a podcast about it but uh, yeah, and thanks to uh, Michael Cohen over at Frontlines the Clone Wars Podcast for uh, sort of hosting this for us, this is uh, going to go up I think on clonewarspodcast.com and uh, he's putting it up on iTunes with his stuff, so uh, sort of allowing us to borrow his listeners I guess, so hopefully some of you out there are Frontlines listeners um, you might have heard of Tim and I before because we both do uh, content writing for that show. But, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm really excited about Star Wars Episode Seven and about keeping up with this show and giving you guys more updates. So uh, if you guys have any feedback for us, any you know comments, thoughts, if you have 
questions for us, if you have topics that you want us to cover, uh, let us know. You can email me at kyle at clonewarspodcast.com. Uh, Tim, I don't know if you have an email or something you want to give out. Yeah, it could be tim at clonewarspodcast.com as well. Okay, cool. And, um, and you can contact us there for now. And as this gets going, I mean, if we get a lot of listeners and get a lot of you guys interested, eventually we might, uh, you know, I might set up an email account just for this podcast and maybe, you know, start our own Twitter account or Facebook page or something like that. Uh, but until then, you can email us. You can also probably find us both uh, chatting up Star Wars at uh, Facebook on the uh, Frontlines of the Clone Wars podcast Facebook group over there. So, uh, yeah, definitely you know, get in contact with us. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show. And, uh, yeah, that's it. We will be back whenever we've got more Star Wars news. And until then, stay excited, keep your ears out, and may the Force be with you. See everyone.